Welcome, episode 17 of the Bleezy Show. I'm your host, Blair Fields, of course. So, if you know the reason why I said my little soliloquy over the Star Spangled Banner was because Tuesday, it was election day in America, uh, in Jersey. Uh, I did not get a chance to vote. I'm extremely uh, disappointed in myself because I didn't wake up early enough to get to my uh, nearest voting poll station. Uh, And when I saw the line, when I arrived, um, it was a little longer. So I do take blame because I should have woke up a little earlier. But I was working that day into the night. By the time I would have got to work, it would have been closed. And I like getting rest for, for work. I think sleep is probably my favorite thing to do. Uh, I like taking uh, naps on break all the time. Um, but like I said, the line was too long. I would have been late for work. So even though I'm aware jobs do give you an allotted time to cast your ballot, uh, you shouldn't be able to be penalized for being late to work for voting, I don't think. Even if it's like an hour or two hours. You should have the you know the right to fulfill your American duty, your civil duty. Because at the end of the day, uh, my loyalty does lie, not with necessarily my political party all the time, but my employer, because that's how I make a livelihood, right? And um, they just need to make voting at least more accessible and easier just because people do have lives and most people are don't want to sacrifice, you know, their livelihoods to vote for politicians who they don't believe uh, are going to help benefit them to begin with. Um they also, like J. Cole said in one of his songs, they should make an app on your phone where you could vote so it's more easier, especially since we're in this technology-based society that we live in where we're always on our phones. Uh, we're still using this primitive vote-in-person tactic. And I know what you're saying. You could have did a mail-in ballot, but I thought I would have time to vote in person. Um, but I think that also goes into voter suppression in a way, because uh, people who need money, you know, who work or live paycheck to paycheck, go to work every day, you know, the low income minorities, you know, it's not fair that they have to choose between work and voting. There there definitely need to be more accessibility. And the people who could afford to miss a day or could um, show up late to work are mostly like high income people, Caucasian people, you know, and, um, you know, it, it shouldn't be a hard decision to make. So going forward, I definitely want to see uh, more politicians or more polls, at least, open for like a 24-hour span, giving more people time to vote. Because they still count the votes the day after. So I don't understand why they just can't have it open a little longer or at least have election day spread across like a three-day period. So... It gives people more time to vote and participate um, in the process. But with all that being said, I am excited that Phil Murphy uh, beat Jack Cedarelli 
Uh, many of the early votes that came in were from the like the rural counties in Jersey, like Burlington, Mercer, Gloucester. And I'm not going to lie, I was scared at the beginning because I saw he had the lead. And after seeing what went down in Virginia, uh, they elected a new Republican governor. His name is Glenn Youngkin. And I know last election for the presidential race in Virginia, it was predominantly a blue state. And uh, it's becoming slowly more democratic throughout uh, the years. And I'm not surprised that the race for New Jersey governor was close. But I am surprised that after four years of the whole worst presidency in the history of this country, that many people are still aligning themselves with that uh, Republican Party. And I did see a lot of people cast their votes for the independent uh, politicians on the ballot, which was... Uh, it was nice to see people vote alternatively, but obviously in this country, you know, if you run as an independent, you basically have zero chance to win. And I think in the future, the norm is going to start to be having like three, four, maybe up to five political parties and having them all have the same opportunity for a chance to win uh, the elections that they run in. So we speak about rank choice voting. I don't know if you guys heard about that because um, it's all it's possible that you could hate all the candidates or you could love all the candidates. But if you don't know what rank choice voting is, it's a system where there's multiple candidates and you rank them from one to five, one being your favorite, five being your least favorite. And whoever gets like the least first place votes, uh, they obviously get eliminated and then their votes go to the next candidate. And then whoever has the least uh, first place votes out of that gets eliminated and so on and so on until whoever has the most first and like second place votes in the end are declared the winner. Obviously, I didn't explain that super well, but you could YouTube it. I'm pretty sure someone explains it more thoroughly than me. But back to Phil Murphy. Um, I'm glad he went because if I was the vote, if I had a chance to vote, I definitely would have voted for Phil Murphy. But do I think... Phil Murphy is going to make significant changes that's going to overall better the lives of most of the people that voted for him. I probably, I definitely don't think that. Uh, I think he's been doing a safe job so far being the governor of New Jersey. Um, But I don't want him to do any mandates like they have in New York or LA uh, where we have to provide like a vaccination card everywhere we go just because it's a hassle. It's like no one wants to do all that and um speaking of new york city i saw that new york city had multiple firehouses uh that were inoperable because many firefighters called out sick uh didn't show up to work because of the vaccine mandate that they placed there and it's sad because firefighters are the unsung heroes of our society i feel that uh, they are the ones who put their lives on the line uh, their jobs go unappreciated, and that's a a job that shouldn't be politicized. Honestly, it's, you know, because they they uh, fight for everyone. And uh, could you imagine if there was like a terrorist attack right now that would happen in New York City uh, in the upcoming weeks, and there weren't enough uh, first responders or firefighter responders? And um, well, also caught my eye this past election day was seeing ballots across the country about defunding the police. Uh, 
uh, coming up in a lot of cities like Minneapolis. And obviously, I don't think they voted to to, to fund the police. But again, like I'm reiterating with the firefighters, police are a staple in a lot of our communities and they make society run smoothly and function correctly. And as a black man, I recognize there is friction between black communities and trusting the police departments. But also, I would feel more unsafe if there was no police presence. Like I would rather a corrupt police department than no police department at all. You know, so um, with that, I think defunding the police, that movement has died down a little bit. But with the political friction in this country, I'll let you guys uh, know, like I take the bus like every day to work like a 15, 20 minute commute usually. And in Bergen County, there's these little cities called Munaki and Karlstadt. Those are like the industrial areas of the county. And on my way to work at the same factory that I pass by, I see the same pickup truck uh, with a fuck Joe Biden sign, like giant, well flag, but actually says fuck Joe Biden and it has like the American stars around it. And that's not only disturbing, but it brings me back to the date of January 6th with the insurrection. And I was already seeing shortly after the, you know, votes were tallied for New Jersey, that people were saying that it was a hoax, it was fixed, and that people were planning to have a recount. But little do a lot of us know, New Jersey is one of the states where we don't recount votes at all. Like once it's tallied, that's it. And now it's making me wonder because if as a the National Guard or whoever on January 6th couldn't protect uh, the Capitol building, what if all these people who live in Jersey, because Jersey is very densely populated, decided that they don't want Phil Murphy or they don't believe Phil Murphy's the governor and they stormed the New Jersey Capitol in Trenton and all hell breaks loose. You know, what is my responsibility and my duty as a citizen of, you know, of New Jersey? And even more importantly, as a black man to do at that point, because these people who believe so strongly that their votes matter or their votes aren't being counted or the election's rigged, I think it's possible they're able to force their way past those government steps and cause hell. And who's to say after they do that, they're not going to come to our neighborhoods, our churches, our schools, our businesses, our establishments, and do the same. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because history always repeats itself. So before even America was a country, uh, I know British soldiers used to break into uh, people's houses, occupy those houses, kick them out. And that's when our forefathers wrote like an act called the Quartering Act, prohibiting that behavior. And you fast forward to the 1920s, we mostly we all should know about Tulsa by now, where a whole city of black people were terrorized uh, and, uh, because they were financially free, living their lives. And now, 100 years later, I feel like that same idea of terrorization that has haunted and played this country for centuries is showing itself again. And my fear is if someone comes into our neighborhoods you know, and let's say there is not a strong police presence and our businesses are under attack. Uh, what's going to be a different result from January 6th? Like, what do we do if law enforcement doesn't uphold the law or they're compliant with the behavior because maybe they wouldn't sit to win or they their person uh, 
who they wanted elected wasn't elected. And I think that's what's going on in America right now. People, um, if you haven't seen, there's a lot of uptick in violence. And it's not because of uh, grocery store shortages or anything or toilet paper. You know, it's because groups of people out there strongly believe that uh, minorities are still in the country that they inherited and that we are, you know, moving faster up the ladder. And that's not something they really want to be part of. And I joke all the time, you know, about being the only like black guy at my job. And um, in reality, like most places I go to, like even the grocery store, sometimes I'm like the only black person shopping in there. And um, it, it sucks because I don't think a lot of times I have anyone I can identify with on the day-to-day life that I live in this country uh, and just how to to maneuver around a lot of this uh, BS. And I think Kanye was right when he talked about, you know, black people need to find alternatives rather than the Democratic Party. Because do I think Phil Murphy is going to be the messiah that's going to solve all the issues in the black communities for New Jersey? Of course not. But he's the one that's not going to encourage people to look down on me as a human being or less than them. And I think he's going to try to protect my rights as best as they can. I can't say the same for most Republicans because they don't want to teach race, critical race theory in classrooms for reasons I don't know and I don't want to know. And uh, do you know the same people who uh, probably don't want to teach that? They're probably teaching U.S. history, uh, especially like the slavery era, as probably like a squid game contest. Uh, I remember my U.S. uh, US history teacher in ninth grade she used to teach us that slaves were happy and were compliant and, you know, they were happy that their masters were giving them a nice place to live. And it's like, you're really going to teach this to generations of black kids coming up when we all know that slavery was about oppression, dehumanization and power. And the problem with America isn't that we're divided because we hate each other. It's because we're divided because we don't understand one another and we don't want to learn from each other. And I think, I said on a previous podcast that in order for black people to survive in this country, uh, we have to learn about other people's history. Yet other people could survive in this country just fine without knowing a damn thing about us. And going forward, I definitely want to make sure that as a country, we're more inclusive of different ideas. Uh, I want to have more inclusiveness of political power to people who usually wouldn't be in position to have power to begin with. I want people to be able to vote as easy as turning on Netflix with your remote control. Because if you really think about it, Jim Crow wasn't that long ago. And people think it's an unfathomable idea that we could ever go back to that era. But if you see what's happening in Ethiopia, or what's happening in South Africa, Venezuela, you see all these countries being divided and tearing themselves apart. And people think America is this superhero that has no vulnerabilities. We could punch our way through anything. And that's just not true. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I feel like I'm a foreigner in a country that I was born in uh, more than someone who probably immigrated here 20, 30 years ago. And I feel like America has only adopted Black people because of what they did to us, but they didn't want to bear any of the responsibility of making sure we're properly taken care of. There's a scene, actually, in Spike Lee's uh, Do the Right Thing where there's three black men sitting across the street from a Korean-owned grocery store. 
in the conversation they're having is like, why is it easier for this Korean guy who just got to America uh, to set up a shop and a business, but for black people who lived in this neighborhood for generations, uh, owning a place of business is difficult. Is it because of laziness? Is it because of lack of education? Is it because of lack of access to loans and funds? Is it poor business management? Or is it because you know we're just tolerated and we're not just given opportunities to really uh, succeed and participate in the American dream? And I say that because I'm not xenophobic. If you look at most of my friends, uh, they were born in other countries or their parents were born in other countries. Actually, I think I have more foreign friends than I do black friends. But uh, why is it that someone who, you know, the first, second generation immigrant can have a way better experience in America than someone whose family has been here since like the 1800s, right? And I love politics because... It gives someone, you know, like me, you know, who probably doesn't have the best education or the best, you know, uh, political background to make a direct impact in the communities we that, that we live in. Like you look at the newly elected mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, like his story and background is so inspirational, like him being arrested as a kid, him having a learning disability, going to night school and then becoming a part of the police force, only in America, someone like that can have all that going on in their life and become the second black mayor of New York City. And I'm proud of him because like I said, he is an inspiration for people like me to keep pushing myself and believe in myself, even when the world doesn't believe in me. And so I hope this country understands uh, about expanding more freedoms expressions and not suppressing and learning about each other's you know backgrounds and upbringings and how we could uh, grow as a society i think we're all important when it comes to this uh society that we're trying to build for the future and it can't be for some if we're going to live in this country it has to be for all and when i originally voted for joe biden i'm not gonna lie i wasn't too excited but i I am excited because I think for the first time, not for the first time, but when we were under Trump, it felt like a long time, but I feel like where the ship is back right, you know, I don't have to wake up to a, a batshit crazy headline every morning about my president doing something devious or doing something that's just stupid. You know, I know Joe Biden hasn't had the best run so far, but at least he's not involved in any scandals. And when Donald Trump was elected, um, like I think everyone's heart like sunk or everyone felt like that gut punch. And I remember when he was elected, the next day at my job, uh, construction workers walked over to me and my coworkers. And my coworkers were like Hispanic and Asian. And they said, uh, I hope you guys have your identification cards because if not, you're getting deported. Now, these are the same construction workers we would see every day before Donald Trump were president. And they would never say anything to us. They would probably just greet us in the hallway. And you would never think they would have these ideas in their head. And for them to be so comfortably speaking that out loud, not only was it disgusting, but it was, it was gut-wrenching because it's like, damn, is this how people really feel in their hearts? You want to believe that 
the good is in most people. And sadly, it's not. And um, the ironic thing is now, you know, with Joe Biden being the president, you know, if we were to flip the situation, now we could go back over the to those same construction workers and say to them, I hope you have your vaccination cards. <laughs> so that would be an ironic uh, turn of events. But um, with this whole uh, political state that we're in, I do want the country to continue moving in a direction where we're not only talking to each other, but we're listening to each other. And we're speaking from the bottom of our hearts and not from our uh a place of hate and not from what we see on on the internet because I think that has destroyed a lot of our humanity and we just need to come back down to earth and realize like look you know we're not obviously in a I you know I'm not gonna say we're in a utopia but like I said with a lot of these other countries they're they're like falling apart right now man and it's sad to see and we do live in a country where we could do whatever we want or we could be whatever we want to become as long as we, you know, work our asses off and put our best foot forward. And I just want to have that opportunity, not only for myself, but generations after for people. And um, it's only going to work if we work together. So I'm hoping that we can work together. So I'll wrap the pot up with that. Um, of course, you guys know I, I wrote a little election day poetry for you guys. So I'm going to pull it up real quick. Just give me a moment. Mm. All right, here we go. Mississippi burning, lack of black children learning, swerving like Henry Ruggs, leaving a white woman burning, pulling back the curtain behind the scenes like a German soldier defending Hitler and his niggas from any harm by any person. Rosa Parks on a perk. I'm tired after working. I ain't giving up my seat and I ain't giving up my purpose. Only change that gonna come is from me and my verses. I'm nervous. Insurrectionists still be electing shit. Votes came down to the wire. They were neck and neck. Half voted for the right, other half voted for the left. Counting balance through the night. If we win, we'll be alright. If we lose, we start a fight. That's the sitch for the night. Whose country is it anyway? Remain hurting like I'm Hemingway. Trying to stay in the center folk, but people hella fake. If I was president, I'll be elected on a Tuesday, shot at on Wednesday, bust back on Thursday, in jail by Friday, I make bail by Sunday, free my niggas Monday, pay back all the reparations to all my people one day. First president of rap, Helen from New Jersey. Some say I'm Sue Surf meets Phil Murphy. It's important to know your worth, but more important to know you're worthy. So that was the poem I wrote the last like day and a half, half a day just about. But thank you guys for tuning in to episode 17 of the Bleezy Show. You guys are very much appreciated. I'm thankful for all my listeners and followers. Um, I definitely want to expand this platform to uh, introduce new ideas and just have honest conversations with people about um, the world we live in, the society we live in. You know, it's not just me experiencing this life. It's all of us. And I think we all have something to give. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.